0: Hello and welcome to the Green Book Commentaries. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. Episode 55 The Constant Variable of Subluxation. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode. Today, we're going to focus on two important topics. First, Does time of day have any significance when analyzing subluxation using pattern analysis? This may be a new concept for a lot of chiropractors and may be of value when trying to understand why some patients don't improve well using the specific system. Second, what is the source of increased heat caused by subluxation? Is it spinal nerves? Is it vasomotor constriction? Is it both? Let's dive into this episode, shall we? As of now, we have covered 551 pages from volume 25, and if there's one common theme that we can attribute to this book, is that of establishing constants and and eliminating variables. This is the working principle that developed chiropractic from a theory of many subluxations and many techniques into one subluxation and one technique. Remember how detailed the neurokilometer scanning booth was? Remember the detailed improvements BJ made to an existing EEG machine which led to the development of the chiropractic electroencephalo neuromentempograph. Establishing constants and eliminating variables gives information as to how something works and why it works under like circumstances. One such variable that BJ sought to understand was time and its effect upon subluxation. So BJ conducted research by scanning subluxated patients throughout different times of the day to see how subluxation pressure was affected as the day progressed. B.J. found that as the day advanced into evening, subluxation pressure intensity increased, as well as an increase in readings throughout the thoracic and lumbar spines. How can this be, considering B.J. already established the principle of permanency of subluxation until adjusted? Consider a light dimmer switch. The knob is turned down from 100% to 50% and blocked from returning back to 100%, therefore, only allowing for 50% output of electricity, resulting in 50% functional performance of the light bulb. The dimmer switch is then lowered to 25%, resulting in an even lower electrical output and lower light bulb performance. Until the block to the dimmer switch is removed, electrical output output is in a constant or permanent state of decreased output, somewhere between 0 and 50%. Apply this same principle to subluxation. Atlas or axis subluxations create a mechanical block to the quantity transmission of electrical energy from the brain to the body. This is a permanent condition until otherwise adjusted. The only variation is the quantity of energy being blocked, being more in the evening due to accumulative gravity weight upon the spinal column, and accumulative physical work being done by a person. All of this causes variations to a subluxated atlas or axis, either by temporarily increasing. Or decreasing pressure and interference for patients slow to respond BJ advised to check around noon in order to get that patient's average between their worst and their best while subluxated in doing so a chiropractor can better help secure results in a case that otherwise would have failed A patient's cervical spine is scanned. A constant temperature difference indicates the presence of a subluxation. Where does this heat have its origins? Chiropractic colleges currently teach that this temperature difference results from an asymmetric constriction of capillaries near the skin surface. While there are demonstrable changes in the symmetric flow of blood from one side of the spine to the other, the cause will be found deeper. BJ stated that a subluxation causes an increase in heat at the point of interference. An atlas or axis subluxation will cause a unilateral pressure upon the spinal cord, emitting extra heat. This is the same principle at work when causing interference in an electrical circuit. Pressure on the cord will also heat nearby tissues through the process of conduction. This will asymmetrically heat structures superficial to the side that the cord is experiencing pressure and interference. BJ's theory was confirmed in the 1920s by medical researcher, Dr. George Kreil. Dr. Kreil proved that the nervous system was an electrically hot system and that blood acted as a coolant to prevent overheating. Scientific research would support BJ's theories from, from subluxation from many subluxation analysis to its specific adjustment and to gain a deeper understanding of how exactly subluxation affects physiology. We begin our reading from volume 25 Page 540, does hour of day make difference in reading? Man is taller in morning than at night. This is brought about by continued relaxation at night, separating vertebrae. Man is shorter in evening than in morning. This is brought about by gravity weight, compressing vertebrae closer together, longer that gravity weight is on during day. Readings taken in morning will show lesser number of places and readings less high on average. Readings taken at night will show one or two more on average, and majority of readings are slightly higher, varying according to degree of chronic subluxation. Readings will be slightly higher towards noon, after morning's labor with laboring man, after his noon lunch, an hour's rest, sitting or lying, readings will be slightly less. So long as man is man, as man labors, as man contracts and relaxes, as man labors and rests, and thus fluctuates with varying periods of day, we know no way of avoiding it as a fixed factor to be dealt with in NCM readings. In our research checks on cases where no adjustments were given, there is a permanency in approximate number of places, an approximate degree of readings, major always remaining as a constant with difference, that it is less after a period of relaxation, than when working or under gravity compression, and gradually increases slightly towards evening. Example, laboring man. 7 a.m. Readings as follows. Axis to left. Fifth cervical, 3 right. Fifth dorsal, 3 left. Tenth dorsal, 4 left. Third lumbar, 5 right. Total, 17. Same case at 7 p.m. Axis, 2 left. Fifth cervical, 3 right. Fifth dorsal, 4 right. Tenth dorsal, 5 left. 1st lumbar, 3 right, 3rd lumbar, 7 right, total 25. In this case, one more reading was observed. Checking many cases, it was observed that greater increase in places and totalities was usually confined to dorsal and lumbar regions. Few additions and increases noticed in cervical region. No case under such conditions showed any place out, nor were any readings reduced in evening by comparison. Labor, strain, and compression increased invariably. For these reasons, we advise you have each case appear at a regular hour of day that you might check under like conditions, protecting protecting record and readings established as a basis of study for welfare of case. If there were some way this human equation could be ignored or was not of vital value, case could be taken at any time convenient to him. Notwithstanding readings would be more numerous and of higher degrees an evening. It is inadvisable to take case in morning of one day and in evening of next. For basic standard for calculation would vary so greatly that you would have no fair equitable basis for understanding progress of case. Under adjustment, same rule applies, but with varying degrees of change that follows adjustment. Evening readings are more numerous than mornings, they are usually higher, but gradually as morning readings are eliminated, so are they proportionally reduced in evening. As number of readings reduce in morning, so do they at night. Eventually, to get all gone in morning, so do they fade out in evening. If your case comes regularly at 8 a.m. daily, he will arrive under a like condition day after day. Any observation made one day will tally fairly with that of every other day. On reverse, if you have a case at 8 a.m. Monday, And at 8 p.m. Tuesday, comparative readings would be different. At its best on Monday, at its worst on Tuesday. Other things being equal, and standard established on Monday would not be fair to that of Tuesday or vice versa. It is better to have cases come at a regular hour, each day, every day. Sound Advice If NCM and specific and specific program can do what we claim in hands of competent and intelligent users, then every chiropractor should have and use NCM, specific and specific program. As anxious as we are to have every chiropractor increase percentage of results, step up efficiency, get worse cases well quicker than previously, we are not so anxious to have him secure an NCM and begin working with specific program only to fail and thus reflect injury to himself, his cases, and principle involved. To that end, then, we suggest following sound advice. If you, not, if you do not know chiropractic philosophy, do not get an NCM. If you do not know how to give a chiropractic adjustment, do not get NCM. If you do get an NCM without knowing chiropractic philosophy and knowing how to give chiropractic adjustments, one of two things will happen. Either you become completely disgusted with NCM or it forces you to study chiropractic philosophy until you do know it and you do learn how to give adjustments until you become proficient. The NCM will prove how little one knows of chiropractic philosophy and how incompetent one is to give an adjustment. Either condition is hard on chiropractic unless he is willing and ready to face facts and learn difference. If you are now satisfied that you do know chiropractic philosophy and are satisfied that you are giving best vertebral adjustments, do get an NCM. NCM users work one of two ways. Either they listen to what it proves and improve themselves, they soon come to realize that it is the best check on their ignorance of philosophy and adjustment, or they throw it away because they know more than it proves. Those who know how to intelligently use NCM are those who know chiropractic philosophy and can give adjustments. They don't belittle NCM. They show us a booster for NCM and we'll show you one who knows philosophy and and how to give adjustments regardless of how little else he may know. So if you are down on philosophy and adjusting, you can't be up on NCM if you are up on ncm it's because you are up on philosophy and adjusting if you are down on philosophy and adjusting and get an ncm you may expect to get busy studying the two you don't know because the three are inseparable in their demands of efficiency chiropractic neurocalometry prepared for this publication by a scientist request his name be withheld at this time. It has been often said that it is easy for someone to say a thing is true because his experiences have shown him that it is true. It is more difficult to make others believe that a thing is true because their experiences or lack of experiences may have been different, leaving them with opinions too often considered as conclusive. Too many immaterial factors may thrust themselves into basis for such conclusions, and act as a barrier to more inductive and deductive reasoning, and thus temporarily act as an obstacle to sustained interest. In order to establish truths upon a common basis, it has been necessary to formulate sciences, By use of scientific methods, we are enabled to prove that our experiences are true, just as far as other people are enabled, by reasonable amount of effort and application, to prove same thing. Desire for earnest and honest investigation must first exist before it is possible to interpret with understanding and pave way for acceptance of a thing in its scientific completeness. Unconditional acceptance of anything based upon scientific, demonstrable fact depends primarily upon a knowledge of fundamental factors, which, in their aggregate, render evidence as conclusive. It has long been a problem in chiropractic profession to develop a workable means by which to arrive at some immediate, demonstrable proof of effects of interference with spinal nerve transmission, Demonstratable proof that such interference was removed by proper adjustment of causative subluxation by showing disappearance of its associated phenomena with subsequent elimination of attending symptoms. With such an organized symptom system, with such conclusive display of demonstrated chiropractic principles in practice, science should approach all-inclusive health system. After all, scientific worth of any method is based upon results obtained. In preparing this work, standard textbooks in anatomy, physiology, pathological physiology and general experimental science have been studied and consulted. It has been primary object in this work to establish basis of a practice which has developed with chiropractic, and since beginning, has been inseparable from science and philosophy of chiropractic, and which was born with application of neurokilometer in chiropractic analysis. In this treatise, it is is object object to submit a concise and comprehensive study into principles of chiropractic science, as they apply to the use of neurokilometer in spinal, spinal analysis. These observations, it will be seen, are an aggregation of fundamental facts, undeviating from subject matter of which they are a part. The properties of nerve structure. To understand chiropractic, to understand principles under underlying use of neurokilometer in spinal ana- analysis, It is necessary to consider anatomical and physiological interrelationship of structures involved in interference to nerve impulse transmission, as well as reaction phenomena resulting therefrom. Plasticity of physical body through its central nervous system and tendency to gradually yield to an influence is a characteristic of animal life. Entire nervous system is a pathway traversed by currents of energy, which, passing over pathway repeatedly, caused a physical or organic yielding of cells, tending to bring about a repetition of cell vibration, or a reaction to its stimulus. It has long been established by leaders in chiropractic, and later confirmed by Dr. George W. Kryle, eminent scientist in his exhaustive researches that reactions which compose life of man and other organisms are results of inevitable effects produced in a sensitive structure by an actuating environment in other words life pro- pro- processes of organism dep- correction in other words life processes of organism depend upon evolved mechanism by and through which it reacts And that man's special mechanism of adaptation is his nervous system, which coordinates each part of body with every other part by means of brain, spinal cord, and a labyrinthian network of nerve fibers and peripheral nerve endings. Developments in science of biology, physics, chemistry, and physiology prove that this mechanism is merely a highly specialized pathway for transmission of impulses set up by activating stimuli. In higher beings, these impulses meet and coordinate or impinge and interfere in a central organ in this mechanism, brain system, where where schemes or patterns are formed automatically according to lines of least resistance, which have been established by evolution of organism. Anywhere along this pathway, where there is interference, a localized dissipation of impulse energy will result, setting up reaction phenomena and disease. In science of physics, when considered in light of human physiology, we learn that in last analysis, primal stuff of matter and of energy is electrical in character. Whatever may be superficial, aspects of man's form and functions Ultimately, they are phenomena of electricity. With these observations, Dr. Kreil asks, Is transformation of energy by which men and animals are enabled to adaptively maintain a state of health maintained through an electrical chemi- electrochemical mechanism? If so, then there should be evidence to show. 1. That an electrical energy is produced in body. 2. That a current of nerve action, a form of electrical energy, always accompanies passage of nerve impulses. 3. That in motor organs, electromotive force of this current varies with rate and extent of energy transformation. 4. That when there is no transformation of energy, there is no action current. 5. That electricity alone, either directly or indirectly, can excite organs and tissues to perform their functions, while such is correctly applied. Six, that in body are structures well suited to be parts of an electrochemical mechanism, which is capable of performing the work of body. And finally, seven, that no other form of mechanism is capable of performing this work. It is an old established fact in physiology of plants and animals alike, that there is an electronegative variation during action. Bose has demonstrated that electric currents are present in all plant activities and has shown that life and electric phenomena end simultaneously. Furthermore, in experimental physiology and studies dealing with nerve currents with an Einthoven string galvanometer connected with an artificial nerve, It has been shown with convincing evidence that nerve action current is identical with electricity. Williams and Crehor reported that if we regard nerve as an electrical conductor with distributed capacity, we are able to account for many experimental phenomena and also to predict results of new experimental conditions. It has been shown that speed of electricity on wires is less than speed in free air, and formula for calculating these dis- velocities is well known. Rate of propagation of electrical current in a conductor in form, size, and material to a nerve fiber should be, according to these formulae, of approximately same order of magnitude as has been measured for nerve impulse. As a result of measurements of phrenic nerves of cats and calculations based upon data of microscopic sections of nerves, it has been made possible to construct an artificial nerve whose total resistance and capacity are of same order of magnitude as those of cat nerves. In applying brake EMF of an induction coil to this nerve and leading off to a string galvanometer in usual manner, There were obtained typical diphasic curves, almost identical with those obtained from cat's nerves stimulated with same current. In this discussion, we are not to lose grasp of primary principle of chiropractic philosophy, that with all these properties of nerve tissue, there is of necessity a seat of innate intelligence, control, exercising a definite Select influence over release of quantitative impulse flow in accordance with demands of processes. If body is operated by a form of electric energy, it must be generated and fabricated within body, which must, of necessity, contain mechanism for adequate continuous production and storage of this energy, and innately controlled release of same. This release and distribution must be actuated by demands and needs of an intricate living organism through a complete electromotive apparatus supplying elements for constant construction and maintaining process for disposal of its waste material. An automatic mechanism such as man must have an automatic arrangement for augmenting multiple activities of living processes. Metabolism must be maintained. Prevention of polarization of brain battery and renewal of elements of battery. For this purpose, blood was evolved. It floods every cell of battery and every element of motor. Mechanism for prevention of of brain battery, polarization by maintaining difference in potential, and changing rate of electric or impulse discharge, and its rate of fabrication, is not fully explained. Such control is probably generated through a higher force, through a process of multiple correction, through a process of multiple proportions and intimately associated with functions of endocrine origin. Whatever nature of mechanism, it is obviously one of high order of invisible force supporting life, an expression of metaphysical plan through immutable laws governing living processes projected through medium of an innate intelligence over unimped, unimpeded pathways of brain and spinal nerve system. Recent investigation of properties of nerve tissue function shows that nerve impulse is an electrochemical form of energy and it has been demonstrated experimentally that transmitted energy of a nerve force nerve may be detected with a display of something of nature of its action at periphery. It must be remembered that nerve structure would be capable of undergoing and does undergo more intensive reactions in vital living state than would be possible to produce experimentally in absence of living processes with respect to conductivity, sensitivity, and all reaction phenomena which would follow interference from subluxation. The old versus the new. In discussion of new and proven methods, Question naturally arises concerning efficacy of old system of general spinal adjusting in each case, with prevalent disregard for specific application of chiropractic principle in the correction of cause of so-called disease. That old system of adjustment possessed a degree of effective of effectiveness cannot be disputed. It carried enough merit to sustain and prove correctness of principles and practice of chiropractic, until further research and development, which is always inevitable, should place it upon a more demonstrable scientific basis. Before, it was like any system which, though possessing some merit, is capable of conclusive demonstration of its modus operandi. With advent of neurokilometer, Sailing of an uncharted sea of uh, uncertainties was overcome by use of this compass in defining and prescribing definite lines of procedure in correcting cause of so-called disease. It is now possible to pursue a direct, definite course charted for unfailing guidance in principles and practice of chiropractic. It is probable that an old method of adjusting in which which whole spine came in for a general overhauling at one time. Relief of a more or less limited character was achieved through temporary release by relaxation of associated conditions of stress appearing at multiple inferior places along spine where descending impinged nerve fibers emitting through foramen, producing pseudo-subluxations through their effects upon surrounding tissue. Which reacts by tonic contraction and tension. It is now established that this inferior malalignment is generally secondary to a primary causative interference existing above. Attempted correction of these multiple secondary spinal findings probably allowed a greater release of already greatly diminished impulse flow due to a major subluxation or interference above, but such could not be expected to remain permanent unless primary, causative interference is corrected, which was done, and is still being done under old system. Such correction in this case is not made intentionally, but too often accidentally. Upper cervicals were, and still found, to be place of major interference, and are corrected under old method, and, fortunately, in many cases, let alone with good results. This is in spite of an unsystematic procedure, which has been replaced by present enlightenment of neurokilometer, chiropractor's compass. The scientific health system. Chiropractic is based upon four major premises, which are now subject to scientific proof. Quoting from Dr. B.J. Palmer and his excellent work, Reasons for My Faith, these premises are established as follows. Existence of a vertebral subluxation. Principle that it is produced pressure upon n- nerves and interfered with flow of a force between two given points. Adjustment of a vertebral subluxation. Principle that released pressure upon nerves restored this flow of a force between two given points. The subluxation and adjustment can be proved by spinal graph. Location and effects of subluxation and adjustments can be measured by mechanical, chronic, hotbox heat finder, neurokilometer. Life has been defined as continuous adjustment of internal to external relations. Let us lend scientific aid to this adjustment. Summary Life processes in man depend upon his special mechanism of adaptation, the nervous system, which is constantly empowered to provide coordination between each part of body. Nervous mechanism is a highly specialized pathway for transmission of impulses necessary to activation of these processes. When there is no interference along this pathway, transmission is complete and we have a normal living process. With interference, there is only a partially living process, commonly termed paralyzed function or diseased. Primary stuff of matter and of energy is electrical in character. A form of electrical energy, nerve impulse, flows over nerve fibers, causing transformation of energy through its action current. Nerve structures in body are well suited to be parts of an electrochemical mechanism because no other form of mechanism is capable of performing its work. It is quite natural that nerve force should be identified with electricity because both nerve force and electricity are known only by their effects. Electricity will deflect needle of a compass or galvanometer. Any form of energy of this nature will heat medium through which it flows when met with resistance. Nerves are capable of carrying and exhibiting increased reactions from interference and resistance since they comprise a mechanism suitable for electrochemical processes. If these reactions are a result of interference to electroconductivity, then there would be a dissipation of its increased heat in form of increased correction. If these reactions are a result of an interference to electroconductivity, then there would be dissipation of its increased energy in form of heat. Also with reference to nerve impulses are associated many secondary or pathologic reactions. These may be manifest along nerve pathway in tissue innervated and finally in nerve structure itself. Under such reactions are oxidation, chemical reaction, chemical combustion with its attendant heat. Neurokilometer, in reacting to intensified effects of nerve itself, responds with a quick, decisive break in action of its needle. In associated reactions covering a wider margin, its response is not so sharp. In latter are vasomotor, chemical, and pathological effects. Only measurable heat is that of increased heat. These principles, for most part, have been already discussed by Dr. B.J. Palmer and later by Dr. Kreil. They employed a galvanometer, thermocouple hookup in their investigations. This instrument, specially constructed for chiropractic spinal analysis, is used in a slow gliding technique. Upper cervical region subluxation may exert a great influence upon whole nervous mechanism because of its close anatomical relationship to decussations and nearby intercranial nerves. Effects here are transmitted along nerve fasciculi to inferior points. The old system of adjusting is too unspecific and indefinite according to recent investigations and developments. Definite analysis and specific correction is being widely reported from use of recent developments in chiropractic neurokilometry. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. This has been the Green Book Commentaries.